The podcast is also sponsored by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music on Instagram at itztiger.music. You can find all his work on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. He does all the music and tracks for the Block Hash podcast. Go check him out. Also, don't forget to check out Blockhash Plus on Patreon. This is something that's new, where you can learn more about trading, technical analysis, and charting, all for the price of two cups of coffee a month. That's pretty damn cheap. Sign up at patreon.com slash Blockhash. And last but definitely not least, Blockhash is offering consulting for all your blockchain needs. Buying, exchanging, selling, safe storage, tokenization, NFT creation, point of sale, you name it. We can help you. Go to blockhashpodcast.com slash consulting and let's talk. What's up, people? It is Wednesday, February 3rd. This week on the podcast, I have Annabelle Huang. She's a partner at Amber Group. Amber Group is a company dedicated to helping people buy and sell crypto, earn yield, access liquidity, and more. They are also backed by Pantera Capital, Polychain Capital, Coinbase Ventures, and many others. And be sure to download the Amber app on the Android store, which is what I use, and the App Store. It's really good user experience, really enjoyed it, and you, you might also find a good use for it as well. Anyways, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about Blockchain, Amber Group, Annabelle Huang, and so much more. Enjoy. And we're on. Is Do you go by Annabelle or Anna or what do people call you? Annabelle. Well, Annabelle. In, in the States, here people really struggle with it. So maybe AB is fine. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So Annabelle Huang, did I say that right? Correct. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for, you know, making the time because I know it's super early for you there. Of course. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we kind of jump into all the things I guess we want to talk about today. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background so the audience can have a little bit of an idea of who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was actually born and raised in China. I went to the States for college. So I studied math and finance at Carnegie Mellon University. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, um, I started my professional career on Wall Street um, where I worked as a FX and rate structuring uh, person in Deutsche Bank and also Nomura uh, in New York. And then in 2018, I joined fellow CMU alums to start a start building a decentralized exchange on Ethereum mm-hmm. um, because I really believe that blockchain technology can really revolutionize technology and finance as we know it. So, you know, being in traditional finance for a few years and really seeing uh, the macro markets for what it is and then really seeing the technology, the blockchain technology for how it can really grow. So, you know, I was at Airswap, the decentralized exchange for for a while, but then DeFi was still really early at that stage. It was Mm -hmm. hard to get um, liquidity, hard to get users, hard to get mass adoption just because the underlying tech is still pretty nascent. And the UI, US, UX was arguably 
pretty difficult at that point. So, and that was around the time where I met the Ember Group co-founders in Hong Kong. And then, you know, we all came from a similar background, uh, born and raised in China, went to school in the States and then worked in uh, Wall Street for a few years, but then really saw blockchain, the future of crypto finance. So I really clicked with them and then decided to, to join them. And, and being at a more global platform uh, at the intersection of both CeFi and DeFi, um, so, so yeah, and then been with Amber for over a year now, and then really, really grew with the company too, from more of a kind of like finance uh, mindset to more of a product mindset with all the product efforts we're, we're building now. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you moved around quite a bit too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just always looking for the new, new exciting thing, I suppose. Yeah, what drove you to want to be in this space like was there like a single moment in time where you thought oh i want to work in blockchain or you know i want to do this or that or was it just kind of gradually interest over time or like what got you into it oh it's a great question i think um back in college a lot of my friends uh, studying computer science they were they were the ones who introduced me to the, the idea of bitcoin blockchain actually and they're like whoa look at this distributed ledger, distributed system is so cool. And then I took a look and I was like, wow, you know, from a, a game theory and economic standpoint, it's really fascinating, right? How do you get, um, build a truly trusted system and having everybody participate in it in a, you know, in a honest way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I guess that's the math and the finance part of me that, that saw Bitcoin for, um, for the, for its value in that sense, and then, but then I, I never thought that I could uh, pursue a career in blockchain or crypto back then, full time. You know, my mm-hmm. tiger mom would probably <laughs> not allow that. Um, so I went the traditional route and, and worked in finance to start, and I, I, and I really um, appreciated that platform, right? Being at a big global institution, big bank, and then um, my client my clients were big private equity firms, hedge funds, and, and big U.S. corporates, and it um, taught me how traditional institutions work. And I think that's, um, that's, that's really helpful and insightful for what I'm doing now. Um, but then I think after a few years, I just started wondering, um, you know, I think traditional finance is, is great, but then um, I think that the, in terms of growth um, and opportunities, um, it's it's rather limited in a sense that you know I can probably I probably have to you know stick around for ten years before I make managing director and the path is really clear and then I just wanted to to try something different and then that was at the time where a few of my CMU alums reach out and say hey you know are you interested in in blockchain or in Ethereum or in decentralized fi- decentralized finance and for me, those are really new concepts. But like I said, right, I think it's a great combination of finance and technology. Mm-hmm. And then and I, I wanted to get into the crypto world um, first from, from a underlying technology standpoint, right? From a, um, Ethereum layer one, um, more on the tech side, as opposed to kind of tr- treating crypto as just another asset class to trade, like how I traded FX. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, that's why, you know, I joined uh, AirSwap and then really got involved in the, in the early Ethereum community and the early 
DeFi community and you know and, and last year during the DeFi summer craze it was just it was just so funny I'm so glad to see that actually you know it didn't need long before uh, DeFi found product market fit and and more community mindshare so that was great yeah I mean it's a good time to be in the space because you got the technology like really converging with like defy and you know all the things you can do with finance on top of you know blockchain so it's definitely a good time to get in the space and combine your you know past talents and stuff with you know where you want to be exactly yeah I just so many possibilities in, the, in, in this industry, in this field. That's why I think we all love it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many possibilities. It, it feels like it can kind of like touch just about every industry, which makes it really fun because like everyone can get involved with it. Everyone can kind of learn and be a part of the community. So yeah, it's definitely yeah, exactly. very, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very interesting technology. That's why I'm in it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, tell me about, Amber Group, like, what do you guys do exactly? I know you guys are kind of like in finance and stuff like that, but like, I don't really know the details. So yeah, tell me a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, so Amber was founded in 2017 in Hong Kong, and then we started more as a prop shop, right? Just trading, trading crypto, uh, using machine learning technologies and uh, and different strategies, and then. We organic, organically grew into other business lines because you know, our clients or investors or other friends in the industry um, asked if we provide uh, liquidity services just because you know we really build the infrastructure and expertise in that. So we added other business lines like um, treasury management, asset management, trading, uh, look, uh, liquidity provisioning, including market making for different token issuers or for exchanges, mm-hmm. um, basically anything within the secondary market in crypto. And then we primarily surviced institutional and uh, high net worth individual clients. Uh, for example, like, like I mentioned, right? The crypto VC funds, uh, the miners uh, who needs liquidity and um, a lot of the family offices who are interested in, in crypto pretty early on actually. Um, so that's kind of our, our, our bread and butter. And in 2019, we felt that um, because we, we used to service our clients uh, with our offline trading desk and salesperson, et cetera. And we really see the need to, to, to digitize and platformize all our services uh, because people are very used to having a product and, and either, you know, maybe uh, trade within a portal on, on the web or maybe with an app uh, on mobile. So our first attempt at, at building a product is Amber Pro, which is a web portal uh, designed for maybe slightly more uh, sophisticated traders or, or, or users. Mm-hmm. And then um, on Amber Pro, there is uh, the trading function. There's also uh, the yield product, which is you know how you can earn uh, interest rate on your idle assets. And then there was also structured products with option linked structures. Um, and then there's uh, collateralized lending um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for miners, other people who needs to lend against their crypto. And then we have execution services where um, basically it's powered by our algo. And then you can uh, execute with different uh, strategies like TWAP or VWAP 
to minimize price slippage. And then we offer uh, pretty much all mainstream uh, crypto assets to be traded on there. And then we also saw the need, I think in 2020, we then realized that um, we, we have the ability and also the vision to really make institutional grade crypto finance services available to more people, to a broader range of people, not just institutions within crypto or you know, to high net with individuals. Um, because we already have the infrastructure and the expertise set up. Um, so we feel like, oh, you know, if we build a mobile application that's easy to use and uh, more user-friendly with more basic functions, then we can really deliver mm-hmm. institutional grade services to more people. And that's why we built the Ember app um, in 2020 and then it was launched in September last year. And uh, the functions are kind of similar to Ember Pro, but the UI UX is more uh, user-friendly. And then um, there's the the earn function where you earn interest either on your Bitcoin, Ethereum, or dollar stable coins. And then there is uh, a simple trade function where you can swap assets. And then uh, some invest function where you can which is powered by our structure products on the back end. Um, so, so yeah, I think you know that's kind of like our growth strategy uh, for, for cool. Amber Group, and then you know very dedicated to to keep iterating and building our products this year, and then expanding more globally, and then having more users and and um, just people using our our services. Yeah, I didn't know you have an app, and like I'm trying to pull it up right now. Is it is it this yeah. one? Amber app, earn while you trade. Amber AI yeah, correct. correct, correct. Yes. Sweet. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna a, play with this shot. tonight. Yes. Nice. Four point seven <laughs> stars. Look at you guys <laughs> doing well in the Android store. <laughs> yeah, we um we have Android and iOS and. Uh, covering Chinese and simplified and traditional and also Korean and, and English. Very cool. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I didn't know you guys had an app. So that, I guess, definitely makes you guys a little bit more dynamic too, having the, the portal and having the app and everything. And you guys aren't a small thing either. You raised like, what, $28 million in a Series A? So Yeah, you, yeah, last year. So you guys are growing too. <laughs> yeah, we are very grateful. Um, we have really the leading VC, crypto VCs in the States, participating and leading our round. And mm-hmm. I think really that gave us um, the runway and, and the confidence to, to really go for where we think is needed in space. And, um, you know, we also expanded a lot right, to, in order to build a product. We build the product team, the um, engineering and, and design and marketing team all from the ground up last year. And then mm-hmm. really whenever comfort zone because you know while servicing institutions it's it's pretty um it's a leaner team right you have we have sales and, and traders and um and and that's about it but now we we need to service a much much bigger user base um so so that was definitely the, the challenge for us but um thankfully right we, we we do have the resources we need and 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 that's why we, we feel really confident going, going into this route. Yeah, I, I can see you guys growing quite a bit because I know DeFi is getting like really popular right now and everyone's trying to pile in, figure out how they can piggyback on you know, like where this is going and everything. So 
um, yeah, I, I imagine you guys grow a ton over the next couple of years, especially this year, since it seems like everyone, their brother's coming out with some Defy project <laughs> or is trying to get into Defy. I know. Um, I, know. So I know. I think just like even mainstream, um, like Bitcoin adoption, right? Just mm-hmm. the amount of um, institutional capital inflow we've seen, it's incredible. And then I think it started with MicroStrategy and, and then uh, perhaps the high profile hedge fund traders like Paul Tudor Jones last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it made a lot of sense for them given the global pandemic backdrop. And then just within the the, the macro markets, right, there are probably um, no attractive yields really anywhere else. And then you know, you're seeing um, dollar def- uh, inflation and devaluation. And then you know what asset class do you really go into? And then mm-hmm. you, I think people have to find new grounds and that's why they're looking to crypto and, and Bitcoin specifically as mm-hmm. a store of value, as an alternative asset for them to add a little bit to their portfolio. And then I think once people on the street start seeing, oh, you know, there's one person who, who really bought into this and then everyone started FOMOing and then and, and we really see that play out this year. And, mm-hmm. and it's incredible because I think because of that, right, institutions are looking at it now we're getting increased left and right. And then um, a lot of individual investors are also paying attention and under a different light that, you know, given what transpired in 2017, um, no doubt a lot of people were skeptical, but I think now people are thinking about it in a more positive light again. And, um, and, and then, yeah, and then also with the development in DeFi, although that's probably for more crypto native mm-hmm. community at this point, but, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, at least, you know, I came from the and just uh, it's just so incredible, incredible to see. Yeah, it really is incredible. It's cool to see so many big companies and funds that are actually converting their balance sheet, a large portion of their balance sheet, into Bitcoin. And I think that's something that's really helped you know solidify it as you know a twentieth century, a twenty first century. Excuse me, <laughs> that's a little wasted way. Twenty first century, you know, asset. Um, you know, since we're really moving into this digital age where, you know, you kind of need something like that. So it's cool to see all these companies put so much of their money and balance sheet like into Bitcoin. And I think that's been good for DeFi too, because it's really raised the question, what else can you do with cryptocurrency? Like how, if we break it down, like what are the liquidity processes? Like what can you do in terms of funding and lending and um, you know, all these things other than, you know, all the other things you can do on blockchain, that's just one area. But yeah, it- exactly. Yeah, I think DeFi is obviously that the more crypto native route, right, to to combine, uh, to bring finance and in, into the decentralized uh, digital asset world. But then, like I said, right, I think it is still for hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around, right? What do you mean? a mm-hmm. self-custody wallet on a Chrome plugin. And then I have to, you know, save enough gas fee for me to transfer my assets everywhere. And then what is liquidity mm-hmm. money? I think it goes above a lot of people's heads, but um, that's why I think CFI is a good in-between bridge, right? That, that lets people know, oh, what is blockchain? What is crypto? Um, and then, you know, how do you, how do you store and transfer? And then once people get comfortable with that, then they can really understand the value of DeFi because that is, you know, what truly is uh, blockchain native, crypto native. And then that's really built upon the idea of having decentralized um, everything, right? And then I think mm-hmm. it's not just DeFi, but 
um, decentralized data storage that we've seen and then decentralized identity and, and, and all of that, right? That is actually quite topical uh, with, you know, what happened with Twitter and, and uh, all mm-hmm. that recently. So, so yeah, I think it's just going to be so interesting. Which of your guys' services has been the most popular amongst your users? Has it been like the collateralized um, loans? Has it been other liquidity sourcing? Has it been the wallets? Um, you know, of all the things you guys have been offering, what's been like the most popular? Um, it's actually um, really depends on kind of the, the the user profile. We've seen different user segments, right? They're the... Um, perhaps the newcomers who are completely new to the space. And for them, um, they're just looking for a place where they can first uh, securely store their assets. And then uh, for them to maybe, you know, to learn more about crypto world and then to buy their first Bitcoin, right? And then, so they like to use Ember app more and then just to, use our simple swap function so they can buy their first Bitcoin and then saving it in our uh, earn product where they can just earn passive yields and not having to, you know, check too often or do anything too crazy about it. Just kind of enjoy the underlying appreciation of crypto and also earn some uh, nice interest rate on top of it. Then for people who are kind of intermediate, they can choose either to use Ember app or Ember Pro and I see them use a variety of uh, of our products. Um, you know, still the I think the the interest yielding earn product is the most popular, just because um, I think compared to other available services in the market, uh, yielding are almost eleven percent, um, and uh, for a twelve month lockup, that's um, comparatively high return um, mm-hmm. for. Uh, you know, the comparable services out there. So I think uh, people like to use that. And um, for the more prosumer, so to be, so to speak, either the active traders or um, the miners, et cetera, they like to use uh, the Ember Pro services where they can either lend against their crypto uh, under the loan option where you know, they can better manage their, their capital or they can trade um, either on our web portal manually mm-hmm. or through our execution services, or we also offer API connections. So for the, you know, for the pros, they can also just trade with, with API. Yeah. So okay. I think it really depends on, on the, on the user. So you got a full dynamic experience there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for, yeah, with know, the 11, want, yeah. yeah. With the 11% yield or what you were mentioning a few minutes ago, is that like when someone, um, invest money into a set of cryptocurrencies or just into the Ember platform to provide liquidity? Like where's the that money going for the 11% yield? Well, you have to subscribe into our interest rate product. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's kind of done on a yield curve basis where I think uh, three months is around in a half percent annualized. And if you lock up for longer term, it's slightly mm-hmm. higher to up to 11% uh, annualized. And then we also offer kind of like the, the DeFi liquidity mining product on Amber Pro, but that's more um, as a service for people who are a bit too lazy to manage their, their mining, mm-hmm. liquidity mining uh, process themselves, kind of abstract away the complexity and the hedging needs. Uh, but for on Amber platform, right, our product is 
at the Ember Earn where you have to subscribe into a fixed time deposit and you earn mm -hmm. uh, a passive yield on, on that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. In a credit-based economy, 11% is pretty good. <laughs> right. I mean, I pretty much like brought all of my dollar fiat on chain and, you know, made into a dollar digitized into dollar stable coins and mm -hmm. then put it in Ember app and just don't have to look at it. And it's much higher yield than what I've earned in, in traditional banks, right? Because now fiat is all yielding zero these days. Um, thanks to COVID and, 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 and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a pretty nice yield pickup um, for, for myself and I think for a lot of um, traditional money as well, that that's why they're interested in, in the space because you do get that structural yield pickup once you mm -hmm. enter into the digital asset world. And there's just so much more room for, for arbitrage over charities, for, for, for sure. yield uh, in general, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask about stable coins for a second here, since you're, you know, kind of in finance anyways. Um, you know, we have some honestly pretty shitty stable coins out there, um, you know, that pretty much are only stable because everyone believes that they are stable at this point. Um, and it's kind of scary when you see like tens of billions of dollars, you know, floating through Tether on a daily basis. And you're like, okay, that's like a ticking time bomb, right? So <laughs> I guess my question is from your perspective and from, you know, your background expertise, what do you think would make for a, a better stable coin? Or is that something that maybe Amber Group might want to pursue in the future? I think that's an interesting question, right? I think um, for, for Tether, right, because they got into the game so early, they have the first move advantage and mm -hmm. they really bootstrap liquidity. And in, in secondary markets, really liquidity is king. So that's why you know it's still widely used, especially in in Asia. Um, I think in the U.S., it's much easier to um, you know to onboard with Circle or Coinbase and, and, and get USDC mm -hmm. or or other um, more compliant stable coins. But I think for people in Asia, because the off ramp frictions, right? They they often opt in to to go the USDT route just because the pricing is better and um, you know, there's more liquidity, but with, you know, the, the, uh, I think that the suit with the uh, New York AG, we, we can see that there are a lot of questions that we should be asking, right? It is you for, for Tether, is it really one to one dollar back, et cetera? I think people are seeing that concern, but then, like you said, right, everyone believes that, oh, because so many of you are using it, it's not going to, you know, blow up, but from, um, a trading perspective from a risk management perspective uh, and uh, as a trader I think we are very mindful of, of that risk it's, it's quite binary and and we obviously don't want to underwrite that so at least for amber we we don't hold any USDT inventory mm -hmm. um, like we have a strict policy right we don't we're not allowed to, to do that and then on a personal level right, I, I also opt in for other stable coins instead of them but I think unless we see other stable coins really catch up in terms of liquidity and, and um, just reach within the market. Um, it, it will hopefully be around, you know, for a while, but people really have to think about their own risk management and think about, are they okay with the fact that, you know, really if Tether just blow mm -hmm. up somehow, we've seen some of that scares over the years a few times, right? right? But then um, miraculously, people came back to believing that it's still fine after. 
So I think, you know, market has has a strange mentality in itself, but I guess just be mindful of the risk. And and for your second question about what we need to see, I think it, it is interesting, right? We have a lot of these uh, private companies trying trying to go the route of creating their stable coins in the most compliant fashion they can think of. And then, but then that's been kind of met with a lot of regulatory um, comebacks, right? That, that kind of try to restrict that as we've mm-hmm. seen with, with Stable Act, et cetera. And then um, I'm not sure if it's a great uh, stance to take uh, for, for the development of industry. Um, I can understand though, right? I think um, because having a reserve a currency is probably the most powerful thing central banks have right in regulating the economy and then mm-hmm. it would be quite, quite scary to kind of yield that power away so I also get that and I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of central banks this year are going to roll out their own digital currency but obviously still in a fiat-backed sense so I'm pretty glad or pretty excited to, to see what comes um, this year or next uh, in central bank actions and also in terms of what happens um, with other private companies trying trying to go this route as well. Yeah, it should be pretty interesting. So, I mean, I guess the real question is, do you want like a stable coin that's, you know, one-to-one backed with fiat? Do you want it asset backed or back to a basket of things? Um, I mean, for a state-sponsored currency, you know, I guess they can do whatever they want, but I mean, for most of the world, <laughs> um, I guess it's an interesting <laughs> question with how complex our financial markets are today, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think, in in a sense, maybe the pandemic really also accelerated that, right? People realize that oh, we don't need the physical things anymore. We we live online. We talk to people over Zoom, right? We mm-hmm. we don't even spend money anymore, right? Like physical paper money. We just probably need. Um, we're more used to the, the digital experience uh, for every aspect in our lives. And that's why I think um, perhaps people are more open to the idea of, of having a digital currency, whether it is, um, you know, the likes of USDC or, or central bank digital currencies or even more crypto native ones like the, um, like the DAIs or the new ALGO, um, mm-hmm. you know, backed stable coins. So, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Most people won't take my cash anymore just because of COVID <laughs> alone. Like I'll try and give them pesos for a coffee and they won't take it. Same thing in the US with dollars. It's it, it's getting really eerie. I think we're moving faster than we think. I know China I know. You know, is mostly digital anyways, but you know, for us, the rest of the world, we're so little behind in some places, but yeah, cash <laughs> yeah, is- exactly. <laughs> I know when I first moved back to, to Asia and 2019, I I was just like, wow, it's so different here. Right? The, mm-hmm. um, the user behavior, and then, like I said, nobody takes that cash anymore, not even like homeless people on the street. They're like, oh no, you better just scam me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was completely baffled. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, before we wrap up, um, because they're going to kick me out in a few minutes. Stupid COVID thing. They shut all the buildings <laughs> oh, down like oh super God. early now. No. I know. I hate it. It's the curfew. I know they have a curfew and it sucks. But uh. anyways, <laughs> um, what what is your guys' timeline look like for 2021? Or like, what do you guys 
planning to do or, you know, what's, what's on the horizon? So much. Um, I think within our, within the last few months, since we la- launched the Ember app, uh, we already see uh, to some extent market validation. We have more than almost 50,000 users globally now. And then our platform has um, around 300 million uh assets uh, deposited with us just on the Amber app itself and all mm-hmm. of Amber, that number is close to uh, you know, $530 million and just really glad to see that. But then I think there's still so much room, uh, so many more products that so many more services that we can offer. Um, so in 2021 uh, in the first half of the year, one of the new functions or features I'm personally very excited about is our payment and our card function. So we'll be launching our own credit card, Amber card oh. uh, sometime within the first half of the year. That sounds yes, cool. And it, and it, I know, and it's, I'm very excited. Um, How do I get one? In it, the, can you get it in the US? Should, you know, yes, yes, you have to, yeah. but you have to probably have a wait list coming up soon. And okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, do man. remember to sign up. Um, but it really, I think it really completes uh, the full life cycle within crypto, right? You uh, within crypto finance, you you deposit, you buy, and you invest in crypto. You perhaps put it to earn yields. Then you can also spend it, right, as a way to 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 really um, utilize your capital in that sense. Um, so yeah, that's something we're really really excited about. And then you can also kind of cross margin it with your assets on a platform, meaning you can spend first and then pay later. And in the meantime your assets are still earning yields on the platform. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like spending while you earn. Um, so I'm personally very excited about that. Um, well, that's so always that, that's, good. <laughs> yeah, all right. That, that's uh, that's uh, one of the, the features we're working on now. And then uh, we're also just creating a master Amber account for users to use across all our product suites. So you don't need separate Ember app or Ember Pro logins. You just need one master account. You can access all of our services to making it uh, more seamless uh, and easier for for people to use. Um, And then we're, well, me personally this year, very focused on our global growth strategies. um, And we want to expand to more geographies, more regions, um, more of a global reach. Um, and offer more languages within our products. Uh, you know, maybe we'll, um, you know, service people in Japan or, or in, um, or I don't know, in Europe somewhere, mm-hmm. and, and really uh, bring our, our products and services to to more people. Because crypto finance should be borderless, should be frictionless, and that's what we really believe in. Well, it sounds like you're dialed in. Like I'm excited. You got me all pumped for what Amber Group's gonna do. <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you should. Uh, you know, you should follow us on our social media for the latest updates. And, yeah. You know, what is what's your social media and your social media and Amber if you have it? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, uh, for the comprehensive overview and 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 our product information, you can visit our website at ambergroup.io. You mm-hmm. can also follow us on Twitter at ambergroup underscore IO. And for me, you can follow me on Twitter also at underscore Annabelle Huang. Um, and then also uh, on LinkedIn. Um, 
or any, you know, if you have, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, like Weibo or any Chinese social media, welcome to follow me too in, in Amber Group. So, yeah, a lot of Perfect. exciting news coming up. Oh, yeah, I, I can tell. It's, it, I'm excited for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank Annabelle, you. thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, very excited for what you guys are doing. Awesome getting a chance to talk to you. I know it's early there, so thank you for making the time um, and coordinating. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, anyways, yeah. thank you, and um, we'll definitely talk to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you again for your time. It was lovely chatting with you. Of course. Stay safe and stay healthy. See you soon. You too. You too.